The news in 20 minutes. Every 20 minutes. This is LBC News. Right, to our roundup of everything across the pond now here on LBC News. Today could mark a landmark step in plans to bring Donald Trump to justice over the storming of the Capitol building last year. The riot on the 6th of January saw five people killed and lead to, led to the former president's second impeachment of his single term in office. Today, the January 6th committee plans to make criminal referrals against Mr Trump and possibly others as well. Well, let's bring in our uh, Washington correspondent Simon Marks for more on this. Afternoon to you, Simon. Afternoon, Chris. So, um, how crucial is this, um, particularly when it comes to um, potentially getting justice for those who were killed and were affected by the storming of the Capitol? Well, there's absolutely no question that politically it's a big moment. Uh, the bigger question is, legally, will it prove to be a big moment? And that we simply don't know at this point. This is uh, the January the 6th committee up on Capitol Hill in its uh, dying hours. It's a last gasp by a committee that uh, has been investigating as you know, relentlessly, uh, the events of January the 6th, uh, 2021. Uh, Donald Trump's conspiracy theory-believing mob trying to not only uh, find Vice President Mike Pence, who was in the Capitol at the time, preparing to certify the outcome of the uh, presidential elections, but also trying to find Nancy Pelosi, the Speaker of the House of Representatives, threatening to kill them both, uh, and seeking to disrupt an event that was designed uh, and did indeed succeed in certifying Joe Biden's uh, election victory despite the falsehoods that the crowd had been told uh, by President Trump in the run-up to the riots and indeed on that very morning in that inflammatory speech that he made uh, on Pennsylvania Avenue shortly before the riots. Now remember this committee has only Democrats and dissident Republicans serving on it. The only Republicans uh, who agreed to serve on it uh, flouted the desire of their own party and are considered traitors uh, by former President Donald Trump and his supporters, and they include people that we will not be seeing on Capitol Hill again after the new Congress is sworn in here uh, on January the 3rd, including Congresswoman Liz Cheney of Wyoming, the uh, daughter of former Vice President uh, Dick Cheney. She uh, lost uh, an effort uh, to win her seat back in Wyoming, so we won't be seeing her up on Capitol Hill again. We won't be seeing Congressman Adam Kinsey of Illinois, he decided to stand down at the midterm elections rather than even try and contest uh, his seat. So Trump and his supporters say that uh, the fix has been in from day one, uh, that this is, as Donald Trump always refers to it, the unselect committee. They don't recognise its legitimacy to pass judgment on him or on anything else. But pass judgment is what they will be doing in a few hours' time. They're going to be holding a final meeting at which they are expected to rubber stamp criminal referrals that the committee will be making to the Department of Justice, specifically against the former president. They are going to recommend that the Justice Department uh, takes charges against uh, President Trump, lays charges against former President Trump of insurrection, obstruction of an official proceeding of Congress, and conspiracy to defraud the United States. Now, however you cut it, that's a big moment politically in the United States, where 
a congressional committee is saying it is time to bring criminal charges against the former president. But the committee itself has no power to bring those charges. The referrals are precisely that. They're recommendations to Merrick Garland, the Attorney General, who of course is uh, already got two other investigations into Donald Trump underway that are currently being helmed by a quasi-independent special prosecutor, the Attorney General waiting for that special prosecutor to make recommendations about whether to take other criminal actions against Donald Trump. So whether this leads to any kind of immediate appearance by uh, Inspector Nacker at uh, Mar-a-Lago and Donald Trump being uh, indicted, I think is still uh, quite a a stretch. I mean, it's far from evident uh, that Merrick Garland will necessarily immediately snap to attention and act on it because the Department of Justice is independent and because he's got this special prosecutor already helming uh, two other investigations uh, into Donald Trump. But politically, it's quite a moment when a committee of Congress says that a president of the United States should be facing criminal charges. And once those referrals are made, there's nothing really Republicans on Capitol Hill in January can do, except perhaps convey to the Department of Justice what the Justice Department already knows, which is that the Republican Party doesn't support the move that the January the 6th committee will be taking uh, later today. But I think we can expect that uh, move to be made and we can expect the predictable fulmination uh, from the former president and members of his inner circle that will follow. I know you'll keep us up to date on that one, Simon. Um, now, talking of uh, Donald Trump, his son-in-law, Jared Kushner, was pictured at the World Cup final in Qatar next to Elon Musk, who might not be uh, the CEO of Twitter for all that much longer after a poll he put on his own Twitter account. Yeah, I mean, more bizarre events over the weekend. I mean, certainly those pictures of Elon Musk and Jared Kushner standing side by side at the World Cup uh, in uh, Qatar uh, raised substantial numbers of eyebrows. So, of course, did... Uh, new rules that appear to have been made up on the fly by Elon Musk at Twitter regarding any accounts uh, that promoted uh, the account holder's presence on other social media platforms. That suddenly was subject to a blanket ban and apparently was going to be a good enough reason to suspend accounts moving forward. This all follows the completely sort of quixotic and, and frankly bizarre suspension last week of the accounts of several leading journalists on Twitter, the common thread between them, of course, being that they have reported extensively uh, on the activities of Mr. Musk. And then suddenly last night, he put a tweet out saying, should I step down as head of Twitter, I will abide by the results of this poll and launched a poll that I see attracted allegedly 17 and a half million votes, although, of course, one has no way of knowing how many of those votes were actually, uh, you know, uh, hand um, Mm, carried out, how many of them could have been bots that were automatically voting. The end of the day, for what what it's worth, 57 and a half percent of the people that allegedly responded said Elon Musk should step down as head of Twitter. 42 and a half percent said he shouldn't. 
He said he'll abide by the results of the poll. What does it mean if Elon Musk, having shredded $44 billion of his own banknotes, steps down as the head of Twitter? I mean, he still owns the platform. He wasn't threatening to offload his stake in the platform. So who takes over? And does it really matter if Elon Musk is still the power behind the throne calling uh, all the shots? I mean, the events of the last weeks and certainly the last few days have deeply alarmed Twitter's uh, remaining advertisers. There's said to be grave concern inside Twitter headquarters uh, about whether they're going to be able to shore up advertising revenues in time for the Super Bowl next month, which has traditionally been, it's obviously, you know, the biggest advertising buy of the year across mm. all media, and it's certainly been a very big event for Twitter in terms of revenues. Uh, I mean, uh, Twitter users will make their own minds up as to whether this is a platform that's got a future or whether Elon Musk has driven it over the edge of a cliff. But what this this latest poll means, I guess, doubtless, given the uh, mercurial nature of Twitter's owner, we'll be finding out in the next few hours. Yes, in some ways, more... Um questions rather than answers yeah for sure uh, absolutely let's talk about finally simon uh, these passengers who've been hit after severe turbulence on a uh, flight bound for hawaii yeah, absolutely extraordinary event uh, as uh, Hawaiian Airlines jet was uh, ferrying people to uh, Honolulu, presumably many of them hoping to have a, a magnificent Christmas there. Uh, Twenty people were uh, injured by what looks to have been very, very serious and sudden turbulence uh, on the flight. Eleven of them uh, seriously. They include uh, some young children who were transported to hospital. Uh, this flight was apparently hit by turbulence about 30 minutes before it landed. So it would have been in its descent uh, at that point into Honolulu Airport. Uh, the flight had taken off on Sunday uh, from Phoenix. Uh, some of the passengers taken uh, to area emergency rooms. And according to the airline's uh, chief operating officer, he says Hawaiian Airlines has never experienced an incident of this nature in recent history. It was a full plane, 278 passengers aboard and 10 members members uh, of the crew. Um, the passengers in hospital, uh, one of them uh, was said to have uh, been rendered unconscious by the turbulence, but everybody was apparently awake and talking when they arrived in hospital. So there's obviously uh, hopes that everyone's going to make a full recovery. There had apparently been uh, weather warnings of thunderstorms uh, that would have included uh, the flight path into Honolulu Airport at the time that this took place. Uh, but uh, uh, the airline said there was no indication that the approach into the airline was in into the airport was in any way dangerous uh, and uh, the uh, descent and the landing uh, took place the flight was given immediate priority to land by air traffic controllers after they reported what had taken place on board but it must have been a terrifying few minutes uh, for those people on board that aeroplane uh, heading to Honolulu